Welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. Introducing first, fighting out of the neutral corner, the undisputed, undefeated, baddest boxing podcast on the planet. And now, your host. Eric Rambo. And welcome back to the latest installment of the Baddest Boxing Podcast on the Planet, aka the King of Boxing Podcasts. Once again, I'm your host, Eric Rambo. So in today's episode, what I want to do is just kind of go over um, this weekend's past action, uh, specifically um, the Vasily Lomachenko and Luke Campbell fight. Um, for those of you that did not get to see it, uh, it should be streaming somewhere on YouTube right now. Um, if not, I'm sure you could pick it up on ESPN Plus if you are a subscribed member. Um, but basically, you know, a lot of us going into that fight didn't really give um, Luke Campbell a shot. I know personally myself, I, I, I didn't. Um, even though Luke Campbell comes in with, came in rather, with a pretty, uh, pretty decent amateur background. Um, you know, he he definitely had the pedigree, I think, to, you know, be a you know warranted challenger for Lomachenko. But as we see with a lot of uh, Lomachenko's opponents, it, you know, he's fighting on a different level. I will say this, though. Um, long story short, so the fight went to distance. Uh, unanimous decision for Lomachenko. Um, I personally believe it was a little bit closer than the, um, you know, than the judges actually had it. I think that um, two of the three judges had it 119 to 108, and then one had it 118 to 109. Um, I do think uh, Campbell, that is, uh, made a good showing of himself. I think he shows that you know, he has the potential to be around uh, in the lightweight division. Uh, again, another former gold medal winner. Uh, he came into the match uh, 20 and 20 and 2, uh, 16 KOs. So, you know, he's been around the block, um, relatively speaking. Uh, as far as the opponents he's fought, nothing really too extreme um, as far as, you know, when you compare the resume to Lomachenko. And to put it in perspective, um, as I mentioned before, Luke Campbell came in with two L's on his record. Uh, the latest one, um, which happens to be a common opponent that both um, Lomachenko and Campbell fought, that's Jorge Linares. Um, against Linares back in uh, September of 2017, Campbell lost a, um, a uh, split decision to Linares. Um, and then, let me see, if you go back to... Um, 2015, uh, December of 2015, um, in challenging for the WBC International Lightweight title, um, he lost a split decision to even Mendy. So while these, with the exception of Linares, um, 
you know, and again, a split decision to on both of these losses. So that means he made a good showing of himself. He didn't get knocked out. Um, so he's, he's definitely a durable fighter. Um, again, as I mentioned before, he has the pedigree, former Olympian, for, former gold medal Olympian. So therefore, you know, a lot of critics that were, you know, criticizing Lomachenko for taking this fight, well, I think it's justified. I think he, he deserved a shot. Um, personally, I would like to see, I, I think there's other fighters maybe that, that could have challenged Lomachenko a little bit more. But with that being said, on the point I want to get to, I think Lomachenko needs to be very wary of, you know, guys of, of fighters of Campbell's stature and range. Uh, once again, we saw, you know, we saw Lomachenko have a hard time with a taller fighter. If you remember uh, with Pedraza, he had the same thing. Now, I, I chalked that up as Lomachenko having a hard time coming back from, or being a little cautious, rather, from coming back from his shoulder surgery. So that was his first fight back. Um, but again, maybe, maybe Pedraza kind of laid the blueprint out to, hey, this is something that Lomachenko needs to be careful of. And, you know, while Lomachenko still looked amazing in this fight with Campbell, um, you know, bouncing around all over the place, you know, uh, utilizing angles, uh, it's, it's great. We get that Lomachenko's special. Um, but again, a taller fighter with maybe just a little bit more skill, I think could pose a risk to Lomachenko. And, and you know, I, I think he definitely deserves to be in the consider, you know, if not the top pound for pound, I think, you know, him and Terrence Crawford probably need to, uh, you know, be in the same. And, and, and you got to throw Canelo in there too. I mean, you got to consider these guys in the, in the pound for pound listing. Um, but I, I, I task each and every one of you go, go back and watch uh, the Pedraza fight, go back and watch the Luke Campbell fight. And you can kind of see what I'm talking about where, while you have somebody that's, you know, very angular, very quick, very accurate. Um, he has a hard time shooting a gap in between that long jab. So if a fighter has a long jab or has a good solid jab, you can kind of keep um, Lomachenko at bay. I think that's going to be the, the the blueprint to eventually dethroning Lomachenko. And I'm not taking anything away from this one. We'll talk about Lomachenko in a second here. Um, but I'm just giving a little credit to, to Campbell. And now that we've seen two fights... Um, with this type of variable, I think we can see um, what could potentially happen if we have an even more skilled fighter than, let's say, Campbell or Pedraza. Um, we even saw it a little bit with Linares, too, as well. But uh, again, Lomachenko was able to shoot the gap, break down Linares, and, and uh, finish him with a, a, a hook to the body. Um, speaking of that, so Lomachenko ended up putting um, Campbell down a very competitive fight. Um, again, I don't really, I'm not going to say I agree with all the judges scorecards. I think it was a little bit closer than, uh, than what they did. Uh, I think the knockdown in the 11th round definitely, um, definitely hurt, um, Campbell's momentum. I think it, it definitely solidified Lomachenko's victory, but I, I think I was a little worried at first watching that fight. Cause I think I definitely gave the first round to Campbell. Uh, the second round I think was, uh, Lomachenko, and then kind of in the middle rounds, he started pulling away a little bit, started landing more solid combinations. But, you know, Campbell was, I think it was in the seventh round, I think he clipped uh, he clipped Lomachenko with a short uppercut and kind of stopped him in his tracks a little bit. Now, that's not saying Lomachenko's invincible. You know, he we have seen him on the ground against Linares, um, so he can be knocked down. But he does come in an outstanding shape. 
Um, so I don't think we're really worried about, you know, his uh, ability to take a shot and recover quickly. I think he's, I think he's well prepared to do so. Um, so as far as that goes, I would really like to see, like, I, I keep bringing his name up every once in a while, like Robert Easter, right? First off, I think Robert Easter and Luke Campbell would be a great matchup. I think Robert Easter, while I don't want to give him too much credit where credit's due because he didn't look that good in his last fight, I think somebody like Easter could give um, Lomachenko problems. I think he's very rangy. He's able to, you know, Tommy Hearns, like, kind of get in there, hit you with that long, lanky jab, and get out of trouble. I think that poses a risk to Lomachenko. And I bring up an interesting comparison, right, because... When we talk about angular boxers, right, boxers that know how to use angles, we, we always look at Manny Pacquiao, right? Manny Pacquiao, I think, is a, you know, a um, stereo, you know, he, when you think of, of guys that can, you know, box off angles, you think Manny Pacquiao, I mean, it, it's synonymous with Pacquiao. Lomachenko is in the same conversation, but the difference between Lomachenko and, and Pacquiao is Pacquiao knew how to capitalize off the angles. Lomachenko seems to at lightweight, not be able to capitalize as much as he could at featherweight, super featherweight, junior lightweight, uh, featherweight. So I think that that could potentially be, I guess the point I'm, I'm making is if he's having a hard time at lightweight, uh, you know, he is a smaller guy. I think that maybe he should consider going down to, you know, uh, super featherweight, junior lightweight, and maybe trying to run those divisions. But I, I would like to see him, um, you know, I would like to see him unify and become the undisputed champ at lightweight. I think he has a very good possibility. Um, and speaking of that, so with Lomachenko, obviously we know what we get with him, right? We, we know we get a, a fine-tuned athlete. We know we get a fine-tuned boxer who has uh, extremely refined skills. Um, what's next for him? Obviously, we want to see the winner of Comey and Teofimo Lopez. Um, I, I personally love Lomachenko after the end of the fight uh, with uh, Campbell, where he's just like, yeah, I don't think Lopez is going to beat Comey. And I, I think, personally, I think he's right. Um, but if he should, uh, actually, either one of them. I, I think either one of them are tailor-made for, um, for Lomachenko. So I think it's a matter of time. Um, before we see Lomachenko unify the titles, hopefully it's sooner than later. Because Lomachenko, you know, is not, obviously like everybody else, he's not getting any younger. Um, you know, so he's he's got, time is kind of ticking because he had such, an, such a, you know, uh, I mean, he's 31 years old, so he's still kind of in the prime of his, his, his life. You know, there's, you can look at his style and see that he's, you know, some people criticize, they say, oh yeah, he looks like he's slowing down a little bit. I don't think that's the case. What I think the case is he's fighting bigger men. He's fighting guys that could withstand his power that they couldn't handle at super featherweight. So I think that, or, or, or featherweight. So I think that he's, he's doing, he's still phenomenal. He's doing the best he can at lightweight. But I personally think that he needs to maybe get that title Secure, uh, secure a fight with Comey, the winner of Comey, Comey Lopez, and then bounce. I, I, I think for him, he needs to go back down. Because um, I'll tell you what, I would love to see, I think Super Featherweight is a, uh, um, an awesome division for him to go down to. 
personally, I think I would love to see a uh, Burkelt, uh, Lomachenko, a uh, Tevin Farmer, Lomachenko, a Concio, Lomachenko. Um, and if he can go down to featherweight, uh, I think you talk about Josh Warrington or Santa Cruz at featherweight, if he can go down that light. Um, you know, obviously we saw what he did against Gary Russell. Uh, so I don't think there's any lore to see him do that again, but I, I think super featherweight is the, is the division for him. Uh, I think lightweight, the guys are going to be, as he continues to, I'm not going to say he's going to struggle because he still looks amazing, but he's just not as dominant, you know, against like, let's say, you know, we seen him against Gary Russell, right? Or we seen him against, uh, uh, Walters, right? He's not looking that dominant um, against lightweights, true, natural, you know, uh, lightweights, built for the lightweight division. So I think for him, the, the again, the writing's on the wall. Get in there, unify that division, become a, you know, undisputed lightweight champion of the world, and then uh, at that point see what happens. Um, but I think, I think uh, he should be able to uh, hopefully – secure that fight between Lopez and Comey. Now, that fight's supposed to take place in December of this year. So now it's August. Um, most likely they won't. If they do fight, we probably wouldn't see a fight made until, you know, um, maybe the summer or late spring next year between uh, Lomachenko and the winner of that. Now, what does that mean for Lomachenko? That means he's probably got to take another fight in the interim which means it could throw off that potential date down the road, but unless he sits back and waits, because um, December is right around the corner, so we don't know, um, you know, what could potentially what could potentially happen with that. You don't want to risk injury to Lomachenko. You want him to be at his, you know, I'm sure both camps want their fighters, whoever that may be, to be at at 100% when they're fighting Lomachenko, and you want Lomachenko to be at 100%. Um, so that's where I see Lomachenko going. I don't really see any potential issue. I, I, I think Comey's good. Um, I think Comey should be able to shock and awe uh, Teofimo Lopez, and I think it's going to be a very stiff test for Lopez. I think that, I, I'd be honest with you, I don't think he knows what he's getting involved with right now, um, especially after seeing Lopez's last fight with, um, let's say it's Ido. And, uh, you know, he struggled... Um, you know, he won the fight fair and square. We'll give him that. But, you know, up until that fight, nobody knew who really his opponent was. So he was expected to dispatch a fringe contender very easily, and he struggled. He struggled to do that and went the distance. So what's he going to do against a world champion like Comey, who's very skilled and has, you know, a, a good background, and uh, he's proven tried and true in the lightweight division. I think he's a very dangerous fighter. Um, you know, so we'll see. And, uh, you know, especially, I'm not saying that, you know, his last fight back in June of this year, he knocked out, uh, Beltran. Yeah. You know, of course, Beltran was kind of getting long in the tooth. He's getting up there as well. Been through a lot of wars himself. Uh, but it is a statement. Um, you know, one downside to Comey, he did lose to Robert Easter, but here again, I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. Um, he lost a split decision to um, Robert Easter. Then he he lost back to back split decisions uh, against a guy named Dennis, a fighter named Dennis Shabakov. So, but still, Comey is a very, 
I think he's a lot more skilled and has a lot more experience, obviously, than than Lopez does. And I think that I think that Lopez is in for a tough test. Now, if Comey is ready to go, um, you know, and he's he's a hundred percent tuned, he's ready to ready to do it. I think that uh, I think Lopez is in a in for an interesting fight. And one cool aspect of that fight is um, they were both representing New York. Um, so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be interesting. Even though Comey's from uh, Ghana, um, you know they're both representing. They both have home crowds in uh, New York, so should be pretty uh, pretty interesting. But regardless, obviously everybody's kind of waiting in the wings for or Lomachenko's waiting in the wings. You 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 can't really call yourself until you clear out the division. Um, you know, or, or let me let me digress. You can't really. Lomachenko is the true lightweight champ right now. Um, regardless, this is just an extra step for him. Um, but these two got to duke it out before um, we can call him the undisputed champ. So should be interesting. Uh, we got to wait till December for that to happen. But um, you know, either way, excited for that. I just hope that that fight comes quickly. Both fighters get it on. It gets cleared out, and then whoever wins, they sign the fight with uh, Lomachenko next, um, which should be you know pretty exciting. Because ultimately, if Lopez wins, let's say he wins by devastating fashion, that does mean that he is on that next level, I think. I think that he, you know, he, he is at that next level. And then Comey, if Comey wins, um, here's the intrigue behind that. If Lopez wins, now people are going to be scratching their head, oh, okay, wow, maybe he is the real deal. If he wins by devastating fashion, now people are going to start questioning if he is or can beat Lomachenko. If Comey wins, I think the general consensus is that Lomachenko handles Comey pretty easily. Um, so really the test is on Lopez, if he can win and how he can win. Um, if not, I think we're we're going to be expecting a pretty basic uh, unification fight. And I'm not taking anything away from Comey. I just think that Comey's right now Lopez has that X factor to where we don't know if he's ready for that next level. And if he comes in and he shows that he's ready for that next level and he shows it devastatingly, then that's going to bring some excitement uh, to the potential Lomachenko fight. So we shall see. Um, but either way, exciting. So the other fight I want to talk about uh, on that broadcast was the Huey Fury and Alexander Povetkin fight. Man, I, I, I'll tell you, Povetkin finds some way... To continue hanging around, uh, I think that he dominated, which he did. Uh, he dominated Pivek, or he dominated Fury. Um, I think he looked very good um, in that fight. I think that he, you know, he mitigated everything that Fury can do, and I think that that's, uh, you know, shows something for a guy that's thirty-nine years old, soon to be. Actually, no, I think he just turned 40 as of today. So here's a man that's 40 years old, uh, relatively smaller in stature, but built, you know, like a, uh, you know, he's about as wide as he is tall. Uh, so he does definitely carry some pop in those, uh, in those hands. And Fury, Fury, you know, definitely looked the worst for wear out of the two. And now, um, you know, Pivekin walks away as the WBA international heavyweight champ. Not that that means anything. I mean, that's still, uh, you know, an accomplishment on his on his behalf at this stage in his career, but obviously it's one of those uh, you know alphabet titles or whatever. But good for him. Uh, congratulations to him and his team. 
Uh, Fury, <laughs> I think he needs to go back to the drawing board uh, and figure out how he can be a little bit more aggressive because the guy can fight. He just always looks like he's he's holding back a little bit. And, uh, you know, again, I, you know, with Fury coming into that fight, you know, he had two losses prior to one to uh, Pulev and one to Joseph Parker. By no means are they, those, you know, horrible losses or horrible fighters to lose to. And the heavyweight division as it stands right now, um, you know, it, those are those are still relatively relevant player. Well, Joseph Parker definitely is uh, relevant in the heavyweight division. Pulev still kind of relevant in the heavyweight division. Uh, again, with him only having one loss to, to uh, Klitschko back in the day. Um, but Fury, I, I think... You know he has the he has the ability to take a shot. He has the ability to move around the ring well. He just needs to maybe reach that next level, I think. And there's still potential there for him. Um, again, you know, because he's never been knocked out. Uh, he lost a unanimous decision to uh, Polev. He lost a majority decision to Parker. And again, if you know Parker's a type, if you let Parker just sit there and tee off on you, he's not. He's just going to bludgeon you, you know, and make you look. He, he, He's very refined in the ring, so he's going to make you look kind of amateurish because he's so polished in the ring. Um, but if you can counter that with your own technique, he can be beated, beaten. Um, but again, you know, Fury, I think he definitely has some, you know, you know, he definitely has, his career is not over, I don't think. But I think it's kind of shocking to see the difference between him and his uh, cousin or whatever. So, you know, I think people expect Tyson Fury when they look at Huey Fury, but... You know, they are two different fighters, I guess. So if you haven't seen that fight or you haven't seen Fury fight, definitely check it out. See what he's all about and, uh, you know, see what your interpretation is of him. But as far as uh, Pivetkin goes, um, yeah, I guess, you know, the jury's out on how long he can keep going. But I'll tell you what, I think I, I would love to see the winner of the recently announced um, Joseph Parker, Derek Chisora fight. Uh, taking on, I, I think, throw Pavekin in there. Let these two guys, you know, handle each other. You know, let 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 these guys take care of business, Chisora and Parker. Um, and then I say the winner gets uh, Pavekin, and then the winner of that challenges, you know, the winner of Ruiz uh, Joshua. See if Pavekin can get another shot. Or uh, yeah, I think I think that would be a, a good path for both these guys to take. Um, but yeah, either way, exciting fight. Um, Pavekin again looked good. Uh, Fury still looks a little limited, but I think that you know, again, a little bit more fine tuning, a little bit more refining of his style could bring out the best of him. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's over for him just yet. Um, but again, different fighter than Tyson Fury, but you kind of expect a little bit more after seeing you know, Tyson Fury for all these years and how well he handled himself in the ring and how he seems to be, um, you know, bring himself to the next level in order to compete with these guys. So to be determined. Um, but again, guys, I just want to talk a little bit about those two fights right there. Um, yeah, so let's go over the schedule. Um, coming up on September 13th, we've got Devin Haney versus Abdulavev. Adulev. Uh, let's see. We've got Tyson Fury fighting September 14th. Jaime Mangia taking on Patrick Alati on the zone on the 14th as well. And let's see. Peter Quillen taking on Alfredo Anguil 
Angulo, rather, excuse me, on uh, FS1, FS2, September 21st. Uh, let's see. And the big one coming up, Earl Spence versus Sean Porter. Now, interesting about this, on oh, again, as I mentioned before, the undercard that I'm looking for, I'm really looking forward to is Darrell Benavidez again on uh, Fox pay-per-view September 28th on Earl Spence, Sean Porter undercard. Now, um, the, uh, and then October 5th, Gennady Golovkin against Derivinchenko. Now, recently Earl Spence had said that he wants Pacquiao after Porter. Um, I say, I say that would, that would be exciting. If he handles Porter very effectively, um, it would definitely be interesting to see. Um, again, uh, I will never question Pacquiao's ability to challenge these guys, and I think it would be an amazing challenge uh, for Earl Spence to, you know, see if he can handle Pacquiao's experience, skill, and ability to adapt. He should be able to, but I'm not betting against Pacquiao anymore. I think that he, uh, I think the man is ageless. Um, but again, all it takes is one fight. You know, all it takes is one fight, and uh, you know, once you go over that threshold you know in boxing of like 40 years old you sometimes get old quick so to be determined um but definitely looking forward to that um let's see october 12th usec to be to be determined uh bavol is also going to be on that light heavyweight champ um october 12th the zone josh warrington is going to be on espn plus that same day and a fight i'm looking forward to october 26th if it still happens um, on zone. this is what I mentioned before, Derek Chisora and Joseph Parker on the undercard, Regis Progray versus Josh Taylor on the main event. So, all right, guys, I think this pretty much finishes up this episode. Just wanted to quickly go over some of the, um, some of the action for this weekend. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed the fights this weekend. Um, I think that's about it. Don't hesitate to hit me up at, via email, baddestboxingpodcast at gmail.com. Hook me up at Boxing Podcast 1 at uh, Twitter and look for me on Instagram. Thanks, guys. Take care and enjoy the fights. Thanks for listening to the baddest boxing podcast on the planet. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter for future episodes and updates.